Country Grammar, Hot in Here, Ride With Me, Dilemma, Cruise, the remix, Little Bit, Over and Over. I am just reciting some of Nelly's biggest hits. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you for clicking on our conversation with a legend. That's what he is. He's won numerous Grammys. He taught me that it was okay to shake my tail feather. It's pretty wild. We're going to be talking to Nelly at, at any moment. He'll be joining us in the Zoom room. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell us who else we should be talking to. Who are you listening to right now? Reach out at Zach Sang Show on any and every form of social media. And when you see Nelly, I think it says oh. iPhone 2. What's oh, there he is. going on? What up? No, I, I don't have an iPhone 2. That's just my second iPhone. <laughs> Yo, I was going to say, like, maybe you're that kind of guy. You, you, oh, well, well, hold on. Well, hold on. Let me do something. Mine's not updated. I got like an iPhone 7 or something like that. <laughs> I am that type of guy, bro. I don't keep up with the Joneses on stuff like that. I just, I think I switch when you when you have to. Like when they, when my um my little personal person that we use um for our phones, when they're like, yo, you have to change, bro. They're yeah. changing the data. I was like, oh, okay. Well, can we dive in here? Because I think that's really interesting. This, is it a fear of change? Is it knowing what is familiar that you no, enjoy? Just, I don't be remembering all my passwords. And I can, I got to do something. And I don't even know if I still got the email that was hooked up to this. And I get it. It's just like, yeah, I just hate pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Like, it works. So why would you, if, if it ain't broke, why would you fix it? I'm saying. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out. I was just like, yo, you know, on, on, just on stuff like that. I was like, listen, I can still do everything, right? Yeah, you just have to update. Okay, cool. I'll update. Like, <laughs> so. Cool. Do you feel Do you feel the same way when it comes to a lot of materialistic things like cars and clothes? Or are you into that or no? Um. Yeah. Just I'm not. I'm not the most techie guy. You know what I mean? Like my son is. Like I have my son hook up everything. He's been hooking up everything in our house since he was like ten. You know what I mean? Like this guy, he could he could hook up a whole entertainment center, set the speakers up, put everything online. Well, I mean, he's 21 now. Obviously, he can. But back when he was 10, he was he was my go-to guy. Like, yo, listen, I got a whole computer downstairs. I need you to hook it up. Wake up, wake up. <laughs> Screw school. Get up. I need you to go put this computer together. So you know, he's my go-to. So uh, I, first, thank you for taking the time to even talk to us because it is. It's so cool to have this conversation with you and your, your music has influenced my life as well as literally hundreds of millions of other people. It's rather wild and being able to over the last few days really sit down and just go through your catalog brought back the most incredible memories for me. And it's uh, music is an amazing thing and your music is pretty awesome and has been around and a part of people's lives for so many, so many years. So. I it, is it weird to be called a legend? Because that's all uh, I kept thinking. No, you know, it, it's an honor to be called anything after 20 years uh, in a positive, <laughs> in a positive way, you know, anything, you know, especially in art, because, you know, that's what you want. That's what you shoot for is when you're creating something to have people love it in that moment is one thing, but to have different generations love it and move on and to still be able to give people that same impact as if when you first made it that's 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 art man that's what that's what you look for that's what you hope for as an artist and then you know you make it sound like that man you make me feel old 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but 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 it's great. It's great. Ain't nothing wrong. Yeah, getting old is getting old is an honor. It's a privilege. You know. That first part, you know, is that a like? How would you bottle up that feeling? of creating a song that has that ability. Is that a high you don't know. piece? You, you, don't don't, know. you don't know. You know what I mean? Like you go in and, and, and you you do what you do. You pour your heart out or your emotions out on the, on, on, on the track and you know, you do what you do. You, you, you never know how people are going to perceive it. Every song that you do, an artist might think it's a hit <laughs> to a certain degree, but a lot of records, you know, when your gut, like, yo, this is something, I feel something about this. Um, this is, this is, it, it's moving. So, um, you know, you, you never know. It's all in the fans' hands and how they perceive it. And if you're lucky, you get a chance to capture some of that within a record at that time. By the way, you don't just capture it once, you capture it numerous times and you defy the odds in doing it. Not only do you have a first album that is uh, defining of an entire millennium and a genre defining album, but you defy sophomore slump and Nellyville is bigger than, bigger than the first. Right. It, it, I mean, consistently defying the odds. So after doing all of that sitting here today, do you feel like there is a formula to these records at all? Uh, no, not, not a specific formula because if you, if you, if you listen to the songs and if you look at those albums, Nellyville and country grammar is two separate albums. Totally. You know what I mean? Even sonically, sonically and, and the way that it was perceived, but even country grammar doesn't sound like EI, the second single. EI doesn't sound like Ride With Me, the third single. Ride With Me doesn't sound like Batter Up. And so that's the country grammar album. Now when you get to Nellyville, Nellyville sounds nothing like that was on country grammar. I mean, hot in here. Hot in here sounds nothing like that was on country grammar. Dilemma sounds nothing like hot in here. And so on and so on. And that that was my goal was to keep trying to make music that was a certain story of my story, but also different when you hear it. You know what I mean? Because if you can keep doing that, then people are buying into you. They're not just buying into your sound. It's, you know what I mean? Like, human being, you, totally. you get a lot of artists. They got they got hits, but a lot of their hits, if you listen, they're, they're very close or they're very similar to the last hit that they did or a hit that they did before that. All of my records sound don't different. sound nothing alike. Like none of my number ones sound anything alike. Is so, that a want to be challenged or a want to not be comfortable? Like what fuels that? Because so many people could be like, like you said, I did this, it works. So I'm gonna I'm gonna understand this mold and I'm gonna refill as much i'm gonna milk it till it's dry you know well yeah you get a lot of people that do that that's that's just not my thing i i want to i want to invent you know what i'm saying the inventors are the ones people people know forever the people that capitalize off the event nobody remembers that nobody knows exactly you don't remember who capitalized the most off of the auto industry who knows who knows who knows who made the most money you know what i'm saying but you do know of Henry Ford, yeah. you know what I mean? You that do know everything. Because, yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you don't know who made the most money. You don't know if Ford made the most money off cars. You know what I mean? Like, so, but you do know the first. Um, do you always think that way? I want to invent and try to do things different. That's always, that's always how I look at it.
is that like has that been the thought from the very beginning because like yeah. you go back to saint lunatics like you have a group it's in missouri you guys do really well in missouri it's 1993 a few years later 2000 hits you go solo and your life changes forever like there was there a lead-up solo period or was it no there was never a lead-up solo period i was excuse me i never wanted to be first that wasn't my thing i'm i'm a team player my i used to just come to the studio and write my own just write my verse you know what i mean like to whatever song we were doing i would i would come up with hooks you know what i'm saying and stuff like that but I wasn't coming up with the whole songs because we were a group. I never had did a solo song, period. All, all my songs are just verses. I spit my verse and I bounce. Right. You know what I mean? And um, at that time, we were, we couldn't get the deal with the person who was out front at the time. You know what I mean? So, you know, we were trying, but it just didn't happen. And we we tried like that for about three, four years. And then uh, my man Kuda was like, yo, I think Nelly should be out front. And when we did that, seven months later, we got a deal. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so. What did you know, he I'm see? Yep. Did, you, did you see what he saw in yourself? I'm a team player, bro. If I, if, I, if I play on a team, if I got a bat first, I'm a bat first. Yeah. If I need to bat ninth, I'm a bat ninth. Whatever, whatever it is for the team to win. You know, I, I, it didn't matter to me. I never saw it like that, but I know if that's what my team needs me to do, that's what I'm going to do. So yeah, I need to go for Okay, cool. Let's kick it. Creatively, what do you take with you from St. Lunatics into Country Grammar, into that first studio session? Um, Just how, just our vibe, just how we kicked it. How we, the St. Lunatics saw St. Louis. That's all Country Grammar was, was how the St. Lunatics saw St. Louis, being in St. Louis, living in St. Louis. Uh, a lot of people weren't rapping and weren't sonically where we were at musically. You know what I mean? Like St. Louis is a Midwest city, but it's it, at that time it was very West Coast, very Southern as well. You know what I'm saying? We UGK, 8-Ball, MJG, Rap-A-Lot Records, Master P, Spice One, E-40, Tupac. You know what I'm saying? Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? We're very Bone Thugs in Harmony. We're, we're very that we weren't so much east even though we did rock with the east but we were because we had gangs we had a lot of violence so gangster rap appealed to st louis on a high level and a lot of the rappers that were coming up in st louis they did a lot of gangster rap beautiful human i had to hit pause to talk to you about native this year we are all looking forward to a fresh start and a great way to start fresh is with some self-care and the key to self-care is in your armpits. Native, fresh scents for literally everybody. And Native is aluminum-free. It is the best deodorant you could put on your body. And it's a great addition to your 2021 routine. Native really does care about what we put on our armpits. That is why their deodorants ingredients list includes things that you and I actually have heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter, and switching to native from an antiperspirant doesn't mean you're going to have to worry about midday BO either. Native will always have you walking around smelling like coconut and vanilla, citrus and herbal misk, or maybe even my favorite, lavender and rose. Also, they have seasonal scents too. I love candy cane, but right now there's over 10 scents for you to choose from. And native has over 16,000 five-star reviews. 
they're the real deal. They, they were also featured on the Today Show. Al Roker, I love you. Anyway, if you want to add Native to your 2021 routine, which I highly recommend, just go to nativedo.com slash Zach and use the promo code Zach at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That is nativedo.com slash Zach. Uh, use my name, Zach, at checkout for 20% off nativedo.com. What is it like, I mean, for you to be given, is it an honor? Are you scared at first? Because Country Grammar was a song that represented St. Louis. You were you were essentially showcasing St. Louis to the rest of the world. I mean, it was a global hit. Is there pressure in that moment? I mean, you, you don't feel like that. Again, and I, and I hate to keep relating things back to sports, but that's all I know. That's how I know how to deal with stuff is I, I look at it in a sports format almost. You know what I mean? Like, so there's really... There's no pressure. Like I'm used to when I play on, on growing up, I played baseball. I was a, I was always a captain. I'm a captain. High school football. I'm a captain. You know what I mean? Like, and things like that. So I'm used to, you know, come on guys, we got this. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm cheering to the end. You know what I'm saying? I'm, a, I'm the positive guy in the huddle. Like, yo, we can do this. We got to get it together, man. It's, I'm that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, is it, is, is it scary? I think it is scary the first time you step into uncharted uh, waters and you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. But I think if you go into anything positive and you go in giving the best that you have, you got nothing to be scared about. And that's what I had to learn and realize, like, yo, I can only do what I can do. And after that, if it works, so be it. And if it don't, I know I, I left it all out there. Speaking of scary, why did you then want to shift in 2004 in the country with Tim McGraw? Um, again, wanted to do something different. I, I grew up, you know, in the Midwest, musically, St. Louis and Missouri, it's a huge country foundation in Missouri. You know what I'm saying? Huge. Um, my uncle, <clears throat> you know, may he rest in peace, he's the guy that got me into music. He had me singing old Jackson 5 records. He loved the Commodores. The Commodores had a guy by the name of Lionel Richie who's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And Lionel Richie wrote everything. And I found out a lot of the songs that Lionel Richie wrote. And he wrote a lot of country records. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Kenny Rogers, a lot of, Ken, a lot of this, a lot of that. And I was like, whoa. And once you start listening to the music and you compare it, you can see the similarities between country music and R&B. You see the stories. You see the passion. The only thing is sonically, it may be a little different, meaning the music, but the lyrics and the story and the passion is the same. So once I could get past the sonic and understand the stories, the stories brought me back to understanding it sonically. And I was just like, yo, this, this is hard. You know what I mean? And, and I got that. And I always wanted to make music just in genres that people may not understand, but if I could help connect them then so be it. And I was able to help bridge that gap. And if you look at it now, that's not a country fan that's probably 30 years or younger that's not a hip-hop fan at, at, at some point. Yeah, they like dude. some type of hip-hop. I mean, it could be different. It, it may not be this or that, but they like some type of hip-hop. They may love country music, but they love some type of hip-hop. Two different situations where you're charting new territory. Is there a moment in both instances that you realize that what you're doing it has not really been done before yeah i go into it thinking not to be done before i mean don't get it twisted everybody loves to be in the now i make records that are in the now you know what i'm saying that's in the vibe of what's going on you know you do that because as an artist and 
it's it's every artist's passion. No artist wants to go to the club and don't have a record. <laughs> you don't want to be an artist in the club and they don't bang your record and they're not banging your record. You know what I mean? And it, it's cool when they bang an old record because they showing you love because you in the building. But when they can bang a now record in the club, that's it's every different. artist. I just want to go in there and have a record to be played. So sometimes you do have to do records that are somewhat in the now to keep the tempos going. You know what I mean? So, you know, that happens. But just because you do a record in the now don't mean that you're an artist of the now. I'm a Nelly. I'm Nelly, period. Mm -hmm. Hands down. But, you know, I, I try to transition and be versatile. I learned that versatility was the key to any business. You have to be willing to change, you know, to keep up with what's going on sometimes. But you also have to remain yourself so that you don't lose nobody that's on the journey with you. Why is that a mix of things that so many people can't figure out? Because so few. That's what make it, bro. That's what make it. It, it ain't that easy, but that's it. <laughs> that's the that's the dilemma between, um, you know, crossing over and crossing over barriers. I, I know a lot of my partners who, you know, they come up through trap music and they start making money, but they want so much other money, but they can't get to a certain point to where they can, be endorsed or be projected a certain way because they can't let a certain side go because it may feel like, you know, yeah, that they're people down. not being true to their game. I never wanted to do that. That's why I did a, a barrage of different music. So you can't say, Nelly, you have to stay like that. In that, you go, Dan, but I think that's the mainstream game, right? That you kind of, you when when so many people got a chance to be exposed to your, your art, I mean, right. you had that opportunity as opposed to going after like a sub. I mean, there was a, a, a genre there and there was a community around it. But like you, I mean, global hits like I I mean, I like I grew up with your music bumping it, it like with my friends in my neighborhood in Wayne, New Jersey, you know, like it touched everybody. Appreciate it, bro. Well, I was gonna say, as a little as a little white kid from the suburbs of Philadelphia, Country Grammar was like the first album I ever got. My mom wasn't a fan, but I got it. But I was 10 years old listening to country grammar. I, so yeah. I I mean that's my point. But you know you know what I mean like I I made sure that ride with me don't, didn't sound like country grammar. You know what I mean? Like country grammar started out as a as a as a gangster rap song. It's about it's a drive by. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's literally a drive by. You know what I mean? But you you know once once we made it for the radio, it became it, it was so successful it went pop. Yeah. It wasn't made to go pop. It just literally went pop. Do you credit the sample for that? Down down baby. No, that's not a, that's not a sample. That's just a nursery rhyme. That's that's not a gang. That's not a sample. That's not copywritten. That's that's something in the hood. That's a hood chant. Down down baby. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a hood game. That's something you play in the hood when the kids and the you know what I'm saying? And the little girls used to sing and they play that and do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that's nobody owns that. I mean, somebody probably went and copywritten it now. I know I own Down Down Baby, Yo Street and the Range Rover. I know that much. I know. <laughs> so when you decide to first cross genres with rap and hip hop, were you worried about it could be corny or the rap fans may think you're leaving them or the country fans may not accept you? No, I, I don't worry about that. I don't worry about that. I don't let the I don't let people define my 
how I feel about me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I just do me. Like, because at the end of the day, I think if you meet me, you'll understand. If you get a chance to meet me, you'll understand. And I think that's what was happening with me is like my my fans understood Nelly. They just understood Nelly. They know that that's not that's not about that um, trying to be corny or whatever. Some people may see certain things that I've done as corny. Yeah, just like some people may think some that you didn't did is corny. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got your reasons on why you did it. You may not feel that it's corny. You know what I mean? Because you understood why you did it. I just think corny is when you're doing something you really don't want to do. That's mm. that's corny to me. Like if you're doing something because you feel pressured into doing it, it's that's what it is. It's corny to me to be a follower. Like that's the corny. So um, if you if you want to take a shot at doing something or being different, it's never corny to be different, bro. Because how would we get different? We would never get different if people thought that being different was corny. Now I that's true, and I think you know obviously doing that crossover was a big risk, but do you think if you didn't take that risk, you'd be where you're at today? Or do you think that kind of really showed people, look, I'm Nelly, I can do a lot more than just rap? I think that's it, both. I think if I didn't take that risk, I know I wouldn't be here today. You have to understand, <clears throat> my label did not want to drop Country Grammar first. I had to kick and scream for that song to be my first single. Why? Because when I made that song here in St. Louis, it was underground for about a year first. So it was rocking here in St. Louis. And I knew if it rocked here in St. Louis, it could rock other places because St. Louis, man, you know, we hate on, we hate everything in this movie. <laughs> we don't like nothing. Like, so if I had the city rocking, I was like, no, this gotta be my first single. You don't understand this represent where I'm from. I want the first thing for people to hear from Nelly is, you can find me in St. Louis rolling on dust. I just wanted that to be the first thing you heard from Nelly. So you can always remember that. And, you know, luckily they, 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 they rocked with me and they let me do it. But only after a fight, what do you realize yeah. and learn from the success of that record that like a song about a drive-by in St. Louis could yeah. be heard a world over? Well, I know that people didn't hear the drive-by because they heard the boom, boom, uh, uh. And you got to understand, I didn't put that in there. My A&R was making radio edits, him and him and uh, my producer, J.E., who produced the track. They were doing radio edits, and they put that in there. J.E. put that in there, boom, boom, uh, uh. The guy who produced like 90% of country grammar, he put that in there. And I was mad as hell. Really? I I was mad as hell when I heard boom, boom, uh, uh. I was like, yo, what the, what y'all doing to my, like, y'all tripping, like, that's the best you could find was boom, boom, uh, uh, ready to let it go. I was like, come on, man. Like, and, <laughs> you know, like, I thought it was corny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was corny. And then I heard it, and then it wore on me, and then I was like, okay, cool, and, before you know it, people never heard the full hook unless you bought the explicit version. So a lot of people only know down now, baby, yo, straight in the range or a boom, boom, uh, uh, ready to let it go. You know what I'm saying? That that's all they know. And you know, once I saw the kids singing, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I'm kind of glad they put the boom, boom." I would hate to have little babies. <laughs> so does it that, worked out. It worked does out. Change the way you make music moving forward. 
or think about it? Uh, no, because you just had to make radio edits. It's kind of like, yo, NWA had to make radio edits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they refused to be censored, but they had to make radio edits. It's just a part of the game. Do you want it played on the radio or not? Now, you can be stubborn. <laughs> and some people are. Or you can do the business of music. You got to do the business part of music. If you're going to be in the music business, or you can just go make music. But if you're going to be in the music business, now you have to do the business of music. Hell yeah. You know, doing the radio edit was the business part of the music. That's all. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And, and by the way, I would be a, a fool to not bring up that there is a Donald Trump and a Bill Gates mention in that song. Yeah, um, a, a couple of Donald Trump uh, mentions in the country guy. At that time, at that time, he was a cool cat. I don't know yeah. what he did. Like <laughs> everything. I don't know what happened, man? <laughs> like I don't know what happened, but he was cool as hell, man. His, his hotels was cool. They always used to take good care of us. I don't know what happened. You know, um, I sat right behind him at the uh, Michael Jackson concert and it's almost like in the same box at the uh, Michael Jackson concert when he performed at Madison Square Garden with his brothers that, that 25th anniversary of him and his brothers being on stage together. And we had a great time. He was a cool dude. Then all hell broke loose. I don't know what happened, bro. Uh, I don't mean to transition to hot in here, but I, I have to. The spelling, I never noticed that there's two R's in there. Um, yeah. How, how does that even come to be? Like, it's, it's just the way that we talk, the her, the her, or, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we stress the R's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Can you hear me? <laughs> that song wins you a Grammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I they had to, um, they had to give me another Grammy because they, I think they spelled the hair wrong originally. <laughs> <laughs> I think they spelled the hair wrong originally. I think it only had one R and I had to wait like two, three years to get to get another freaking Grammy with the R, but I had to get the other one back. I was trying to keep it. <laughs> I was trying to keep it, but they were like, no, you know, in order to get the new one, you got to get the other one back because you can't just have, you know, well, whatever. I was like, okay. Did you have any expectations with the record like that when you were making it? Any idea that it could be what it is still today? No, but I mean, we thought was banging me and Pharrell, you know, when we first heard it. But again, it was a it was a record at the time. The beat and everything was unorthodox, and people didn't hear it right away, you know, because it was totally a different sound after coming from country grammar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're listening to the hot in here coming from country grammar. That sonically, that's that's two different wavelengths, you know. But when it dropped, it was like, oh, okay, you know. And you just, you know, me and Pharrell, we were like, oh gonna be hard you get we can't wait and i'll tell you a funny story about that too we were recording at the record plant and we was working on it and we had just kind of tightened it up i think i maybe i had the first verse on it and i had the hook done and we're playing it loud as hell and at the record plant you know they got about six seven eight rooms at the record plant and yeah. 
Hollywood and anybody's in there. Every and ever, the record plant is a historic, it's kind of like the hit factory was in New York. So you never know who's in there. And we're blasting, we're playing it loud and the door swings open. And, 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 and my guy comes in, oh my God, what is that sound? This is the most spectacular, unbelievable sound. God, God, what is that playing, King? I must hear it. And it's Buster. Buster's like, yo, what's the, Jesus, play that again. I got to, and we play it back. He's just like, yo, you're going to have every, excuse me, but this is just the way that we talk, no offense. He's going to have every in the world taking good clothes off. This is going to be phenomenal. Jesus, God, King, oh, <laughs> you got one, son. You got one. <laughs> You know, that's when I knew that I had one, like, because the door just flew open and Buster, man, who's an amazing person. If you know Buster, his energy never changes. He's he's such a genuine person, man. He's one of the most underrated people in hip hop ever. I mean, you know, you're talking about staying the test of time and, and putting some bangers on your, on your head. Like, you know, Buster, man, I love him to death and he murked it. What does that validation feel like? I mean, is it motivating to do more? Is it cloud nine? Like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody kind of wants some type of validation from their peers in the in the same thing that they do, or at least acknowledgement. Not that they're going to stop you from doing anything or you're taking their judgment to be whether you're going to continue to do it or not, but more so like, you know, it's kind of like basketball players. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, Jordan loves it when his peers says that he's the GOAT or he's the best he's ever played against. His peers love that when he said, yo, he was tough that I played against or I hated playing against this guy and things like that. That's what we're in it for because hip hop is competition. So anytime the competition comes about, you know, it's all about your competitor. You know, you can be, a, you can be, you can be the champ, but what's the champ if you didn't fight nobody? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, what, what is it for Nelly to be number one on the radio if it wasn't artists out at the time like Eminem, Beyonce, Jay-Z? If it wasn't all these artists out and you were the, and you got number one, you know, that's what that means. It seems like hot in here, 20 years later, whatever it is, still gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And when you hear that first intro, the first like one or two seconds, your ears just kind of perk up. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we know what time it is. How yeah. do you feel when you hear that intro these days? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you know, um, depends on where I'm at, bro. <laughs> depends on where I'm at, you know. Like you said again, like, I, I love all the appreciation and, and things like that. But sometimes when I'm in the club, you know, and we we rocking out, it's rocking. You know, it's jamming. It's trapped out. They got a jam. You know, I'm bobbing and weaving like everybody else. And they find out you in the club, and then they go from like a, you know, Yo Gotti to hot it. You're like, oh, come on. You're going to do it now. <laughs> can you can you not rock your own songs? Isn't it, isn't it cool to be in the club when your song comes on? Or is it? To a certain degree, you appreciate it. But I never want to break the vibe of the club. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I never want to break the vibe of the club. It's Respect. cool. No, you can. You know, I'm not that one. I would rather make a record for you to play that's going to keep it going in the now. That's the type of competitor I am. I don't want you to just go back. You know what I mean? Like I, I wanted that keeps me hungry. That keeps me wanting to make new music because I want to walk into the club and still have my bumping. Is that success? Is that how you define it? That's how you define hunger. That's how you define you know competitive. That's how you define how I define 
um, what I like to call humbleization. You know what I'm saying? Because within myself, it's like, okay, I need to get back to work. Cause you know, cause you may think as an artist, like, yo, you know, I'm cool. I'm retired or I'm done. I'm just going to move on to something else. But it's nothing like when you're an artist and you're in there and that bug bites you like, yo, you know what? I'm going to go back to the studio. I need to get cracking, <laughs> you know? And it's just that competitive nature, man. There's nothing wrong. Why is country music one of the most competitive genres in music? I mean, well, I, okay, so two sides, right? Competitive, but also friendly. Like, they're the only genre that I've heard stories of, like, where artists will call program directors and be like, can you not play my song so somebody else can go number one this week? You know, I've never oh. I've never heard that ever. Well, you ain't going to hear that in hip-hop. Ain't nobody calling. <laughs> yeah, not in pop music ain't ever. No, ain't nobody calling no hip-hop station. Like, yeah, you give you might get threatened. Yo, why ain't I number one? What the hell you been <laughs> You know what? I'm on my way up there, son. <laughs> Why is country the path to keeping you competitive? And I mean, you know, the country, the country music is almost like the last genre of music that that struggles to cross other formats. Like you can have a hip hop record and if it could cross over and literally get played on a pop station literally get played on an R&B station almost, yeah. literally get played on a country station. I did it. Yes. I had over and over. It got played on a hip hop station. It got played on a pop station. It got played on a country station. It got played on an R&B station. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but country Amazing. only gets played on country music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Why is that? every now and again, if it crosses any genre, it'll be pop. Yes. It'll, it'll go to pop but that's it. it it don't get played on r&b it don't get played on hip-hop so you may get a pop song that may crawl into r&b depending on who it is it could be mariah carey mm -hmm. you can get mariah carey depending on if she got like odb baby baby come on baby it'll get played on a hip-hop station you know what I'm saying? Like, so, but, uh, is it a country problem or is it another genre problem? No, I just think it's so many great country artists. You only got one number one. There's only one place for them to go. Yeah. And you got so many, so many people. I think it's, you know, their way of giving each other a chance, you know? So <laughs> bless their heart. You ain't going to find hip hop though. I promise you. But well, they also seem to not like people who go out of the form, the, the genre, right? Like if you are a country artist and you're you're brought up country publicly, and your art is country, I feel like they do put cast a stigma on them trying to get into the pop lane. I mean, there's country artists that won't come. Well, yeah, our of show. course, but hip hop heads, quote unquote, hip hop heads do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they they kill artists for you know what I'm saying like. They killed Drake. And I try to tell Drake, yo, don't worry about it. They killed me. You know what I'm saying? I had one of my favorite people of all time, you know, a, a GOAT, a legend, KRS-One. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he came at me at a time when I didn't understand it. I just knew, it. like, I was young doing my thing. And, you know, I obviously I had the pleasure of meeting 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 the king. You know what I mean? And we we were, you know, we had a chance to squash this out and, and do some things together. So... But at that time, I didn't understand it, you know? So I just think it's that type of situation to where the purists feel there's like nowhere for them to go if this is what, if this is what starts to happen. Yeah. If, if country music goes this way, then you have 
certain people that may feel I can I don't know I can't speak to that but they may feel like yo if they do that they may feel like they may get pushed to the side a little bit totally. when you go to create a little bit who are you creating it for I mean it, it it goes into my EP I got an EP coming out that's called the Heartland EP and what the Heartland EP is it's not a country album it's a Nelly album but it's country influenced you know what I'm saying I tell them it's country inspired so it's my appreciation. I'm showing my love for, for the love that country music and country music artists have shown me. I know damn well I can't wake up and decide I want to do a country album. I don't live a country life. I live a hip-hop life. I live a Nelly life. But I can do an album that shows the love that I have for country music and how they've influenced me. And that's what this EP is. It's just country inspired. If you if you love Nelly and you for Nelly, you're still going to love this album. Bang it. You know what I'm saying? But it's just going to have a different uh, direction with it as far as sonically what you're hearing because I am showing this album in love for my for my country fans. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if I went and did a hip-hop mixtape. That's for all of the fans of Nelly that loves to hear him rap. Yeah, and you've, you've you know what done I mean? that. I, mean, I may do one that's more sing-songy, more... Dilemma and my place and things like that for those fans that love Nelly. It's just about taking a direction. It's pretty impressive to me that you're able to create at the level that you're creating and being able to continuously. I mean, you you're at this point where in your life where you can literally and you've probably been here for a while where you can call the shots creatively. You can do exactly what you want to do, and it's totally up to you. It's. Right. remarkable and, and who would have thought that over and over would have did you ever think that that one song would have taken you well, I was this hoping, path? yeah yeah well listen did i know no did i dream of it working yes you know you dream of it you dream of it working you can see it you can feel it like yo this if this works this is what's going to happen and it worked and that's that's what happened it was just like yo you brought two things together that a lot of people said possibly couldn't be done and then you brought it on a level that was respected by both sides. Yeah. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? The thing about it is like, it could happen, but will it be, how will it be received? You know, and the fact that it was received so well, Tim McGraw is one of the greatest country music artists of all time. He's one of the greatest. So he's respected by country heads and he's respected, you know what I mean? Like, everybody. Right, exactly. So for him to trust in me, to trust in the music, to be like, yo, you know, I'm gonna give it a shot. I thought was 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 incredible, and that's something that I'm very very gracious for. What was that first conversation with you and Tim McGraw like? Because that could have been that could have been a you know, crazy crazy well, time. At the time, I was still uh, you know I, I was doing a lot. I was working on my album. I was producing for other people. I was writing for other people. I was still doing a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I I was like yo I wrote this song and I was like yo I, I want to see if Tim McGraw wants this record it was originally wrote for him you know what I mean like uh, he was like yo uh, but he didn't know that it was written for him I didn't tell him it was written for him he was under the impression we was doing it together you know and I was like well yeah 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 we're doing it together I don't want to lose Tim McGraw I don't want to scare him off <laughs> you know what I mean like so I was like yeah okay yeah we'll do it together. And then I, I went back in before we got there and I was just like, okay, well, we're going to do this together now. I just restructured it a little bit, you know, and you, and there you have it. You know what I mean? He loved it. He loved it, man. And 
you know, thankfully we did it. Was there a phase of your career where you were just writing songs to write songs because you, you just needed to? And as an artist, as a writer, as somebody who loves to create, you're always doing it, whether you're working on a project or not. You know what I'm saying? You're always thinking about ideas because you can get them from any place, anywhere. You could be walking in, walking in Walmart and something can inspire you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a different. How often are you writing today? <laughs> I was writing six hours ago in my <laughs> here. <laughs> here, uh, I was in the studio right here um, earlier today. You know what I'm saying? I'm still in my shorts, man. Like, <laughs> You know, I got up. I got up to do interviews today. I've been Dang. doing interviews all morning, so you know. <laughs> but the song that you were working on today, wh where does that come from? What do you? Well, I was working on that with another artist. Uh, with another artist, I was actually producing and and, and and collaborating with another artist. So that was something different. What's more of a challenge for you? And then we'll wrap in a second. I can't thank you enough for your time. What's more of a challenge for you? Crafting a song from nothing, or hopping on a song that somebody else has already done? I mean, you know, what I like to do is I always ask the artists when they give me a record, like, yo, how, how are you picturing it? You know what I'm saying? I like to get an idea from them first. It's like, yo, how do you, how do you figure it? How do you hear Nelly? Because everybody's a different Nelly fan when I meet them. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people, some people are hot and here Nelly fans. Some people are over and over Nelly fans. Some people are number one Nelly fans. Some people are Grills Nelly fans. Some people, we're you know the what I mean? tail some feather people, Nelly fans. Some people are just a dream Nelly's fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's different. You know, they're like, yo, I love it when you do these records. Or I love it when you do these records. So even when I when I collaborate with artists, you know, because fortunate enough, a lot of them are my fans. Be, yeah. So they they be like, yo, I hear. I, I was picturing you in this vein of type of Nelly, kind of like how you did this. Now I'll I'll take their in consideration, and if I agree with it, then I'll go that route. But if I don't agree with it, then I'll do me. I say, well, you know what? I kind of hear it like this. Mm. Let me do what I feel, and then I'll you know, and 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 that's how it goes. You've had a massive impact on culture. Obviously, are you more proud of like the Air Forces or the Grills? Ah. Uh, well, I didn't start either one. I just brought them to the forefront in a different way that weren't because grills have been around. If you're from the Midwest or the South, been rocking grills since the 80s, man. You know what I'm saying? Like grills, girls at 80s, 70s, and you know, we've been rocking gold teeth where we from. But um, so I just brought it to the forefront and more or less to the mainstream. And the same way with Air Force Ones, it were it really wasn't the shoe of the time where we were at, we wore more Reeboks or K-Swiss and, and different things like that. We did wear forces, but they weren't the go-to shoe like that. Not now like they are, and we just brought them to the fourth. I got that off my East Coast cats, off my East being in Harlem and my East Coast brothers, Cardan and Sugar J and everybody that was in Harlem. And they was, they put, they was like, yo, you know, we rocked on ones up here and do, 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 do. So, I was looking for white Reeboks at the time when this was like 98, I was in New York, you know, trying to get a deal, but I'm hanging out with my cats in Harlem. And I'm like, yo, I got to get me some new sneakers. I need some, you know, some white Reeboks. And they was like, yo, I don't know if you're going to find those around here. <laughs> like that, but, but you know, get you some white, some white forces, you can get the white ones. And, you know, th those were cheap shoes here in St. Louis. Like the white Air Force Ones, they were cheapies. 
inside because nobody really bought them like that. Like you kind of looked at them like mm, they cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because yeah. at that time the Reeboks were more expensive in St. Louis. The white Reeboks were more expensive in St. Louis than the Air Force Ones. Based on hype around the community and culture? Yeah, based on area. Everything is based on area. You know what I'm saying? Different colors are more prominent. They work better in this situation. Like how those sneakers are distributed. You ever seen a, a sneaker color somewhere else that you didn't see in this city? Like you ever went to the West Coast and see a, a different color of a shoe? And you're like, damn, I've never seen these in New York or in Jersey. It's like, no, that color was shipped out for the West Coast. And same way around the world. But by the way, you are a you are a business person. Apple Bottom Jeans is one of the many businesses you started. And what I find amazing is that like that even that brand that you created is personified and 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 solidified in a song that is another culture shaper, courtesy of Florida. It's you know your well, impact in culture is really incredibly wide and diverse. And a little bit back with Florida Georgia Line after that cruise remix, which was a hit. I mean that was a hit. And this song has been around a little bit for a minute. It's bubbling though. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I think pandemic wise, I'm not used to putting out music over the internet. I'm used to putting out my music, getting out in front of the fans, doing yeah. shows, promoting it. You know what I mean? Like we can't do shows. Uh, and then with the quarantine, it's kind of hard to get together to do the videos. I mean, which obviously we're about to do now. But, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're being safe. Uh, BK and Tyler, they, they're, they're new fathers. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to risk anything with these brothers. I love these brothers to death, man. And there's nothing more important than their family. And, you know, when we're able to do it, we'll get to it. And, you know, so that's why we're taking it, we taking it as we go, bro. It's going to be all right. Well, you know, I realized... In the Ride With Me music video, you're wearing a country hat way back in the day. So you've been teasing this country thing for for years. Yeah, that's good. I mean, a lot of people didn't peep that. You know what I'm saying? A few people did. You know, that's been said a couple times. But yeah, man, I it's never not. Never not. Never not. Do we have a date on the CP? Um, hopefully, we get a chance to get it out like early summer. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, we're tossing stuff up. If you want to ask Dr. Fauci... If you can give me a date, he probably <laughs> ate better than me right now. You know what I mean? Like what I would hate to do is put this out and there's, there's no way to promote it or tour on it this oh. year. It would, it would, it would kill me because I've waited a long time for this project. I've waited a long time to be able to get this out and I want to present it the right way. I don't want to present it over the internet and not be there in front of people so they can hear it. Like I love when I'm on tour with, with, with Florida Georgia Line and FGLs. Like, being on country tours is way different than hip-hop tours because, you know, country tours, they get their two, three hours in advance. They tailgate. They're there. Yeah. Hip-hop tours, they might be two, three hours late. <laughs> they might have missed the whole first three acts just trying to, you know, the opening act is on. They're still at the mall. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you know, they're going to catch the, the headliner, you know, but... The one other question I had, I'm sure you've been asked, what do you think about this Busset Challenge going viral on TikTok? Yeah, it's dope. It's dope, man. Yeah, keep doing it. You know, obviously I had to clear the record, but yo, keep doing it. Definitely. <laughs> I, see the, I see the numbers adding up for me. It's awesome. <laughs> By the way, the EP is most likely filled with timeless records, so it doesn't really matter when it comes to the people's ears. It will be relevant the second it hits. So I'm hoping. 
I'm hoping so. Thank you so much. Yeah, wait. Well, the, that's right. The one other question I had about the challenge was, do you reach out to like Erica Banks? I believe her name is. Do you reach out to her and be like, yo, we're going viral together? No, but they reached out to me because I had to clear it a while ago. You know, you can't put you can't put nothing like that out without getting it cleared. You know what I'm saying? Like you 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 can't put that out without getting it cleared. So we you know when I heard the record, I was like, yo, that's jamming. That's hard. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And then, you know, I, I want to make sure that the sister get a shot to do, you know, to try to better her life. Like, I, I wouldn't hold any of that up. You know what I mean? So I'm glad. I'm just glad it's working out for her and it's given her an opportunity. You know, although obviously I'm happy for me, too, as well. I mean, But I'm saying, honestly, I'm happy that it's really working out for her and she's getting a chance to change her life with it. Yeah. Nelly, I can't. Thank you enough for taking the time and energy today to give us and really talk. I, I appreciate you beyond. Thank you. Thank you can guys. I, man. New year, can, man. I, can I just add this one thing? I don't think you've aged a day. You look the same you did 20 years ago. <laughs> Yo, I'm trying to be, I ain't got no grades. So I'm, I'm holding on. Yo, <laughs> little bit single featuring Florida Georgia line. We appreciate you, Nelly. Really. Thank you. You're incredible. Sending you love. Uh, you're in Missouri. Sending love to Missouri. Gotta know that. Hell yeah. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much for joining our conversation with Nelly. I really, really appreciate you. Because of beautiful humans like yourself, we get to keep doing this. Please let us know who we should talk to next. And I really do want to know, what are you listening to at Zach Sang Show? Peace and love.